Hello, and welcome to Real Grit, the Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host this week, Cayman Davison. I am joined by my fellow compatriots, Andrew and Tristan. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, hey. hey. ready for a fun episode. Exactly. Yeah, this episode is going to be interesting. You know, we just finished up talking about kind of uh, literature of the cowboy, sort of the beginning of it, the last three episodes. And t- today we're going to talk about something a little different, but kind of in the same vein. Um, we're going to talk about Yellowstone, hence the title of the episode, Yellowstone and not the National Park. <laughs> we're talking about the TV series, um, which kind of inspired this podcast, actually. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Yellowstone and then the quintessential American hero in cinema and its impact on our culture. And so um, I know I've seen the entirety of Yellowstone as well as the follow-on shows 1883 and 1923, which just finished last week for me, um, for future listeners, it was last week, the first season. Um, but I know you, Andy, and Tristan haven't really watched it. Yes. Um, so kind of, what's your initial thoughts on it? I know you guys have been kind of tracking its impact, mm-hmm. and you've seen some things about it. So just kind of what, what do you understand about it and its impact? Well, I, I, I first heard about it, actually, through an old char- cowboy character actor, uh, Buck Taylor, who played famously in the in Gunsmoke, the series Gunsmoke. And he's been, mm-hmm. any Western that's been made since the 60s buck taylor is in it um and so he actually i follow him on facebook and and he started posting hey i'm going to be in this new series with kevin costner called yellowstone so that's kind of where i first heard about it and kind of it hit my radar and and he's uh, he kind of consistently posts about his experience working on it and 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 things like that so uh, when i first heard about it honestly i was kind of going okay well here, here's another another series Will it make it? I don't know, because the Western kind of seems like it's it's had its struggles establishing itself in the new kind of era of streaming and things like that. So I just kind of thought, okay, well, there's a new series and that's that. Well, um, suddenly everybody was talking about it and <laughs> yeah. and it just kind of continued on, on from there. So I've, I've generally kind of observed it uh, through really through Buck Taylor's eyes as just an old character actor, you know, and, 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 uh, and just kind of seeing how it's kind of taken over kind of culture stuff. I mean, recently I went to a, uh, a shop downtown in, 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 in our hometown here where they have kind of like a lot of kind of trendy clothes and stuff. I was, I was doing some work there and they've got Yellowstone merch everywhere in oh, really? there. And, so you know, it's, yeah, is it actually yeah. from the show where they say like, "Hey, this is like Yellowstone looking merch," or is it actually a line of merch from the show? I mean, it's got like you know, it's got the Yellowstone, it's got the Dutton Ranch, you know, brand all over it. I mean, wow. it's yeah, mm-hmm. that's the that's that's the thing right now. So it's really yeah, it's been interesting to kind of see where where a story about the American West, albeit in the sense of Yellowstone, the modern American West, uh, has really um, taken off. And I don't know if like a, if a series like that has really. Uh, been super popular since it really wasn't too much about the west but kind of the the soap opera series dallas way back in the day was kind of like that kind of a family my parents talked a lot about dallas thing like that so in fact that was one of the like biggest like um if i remember right the uh the finale was a really big deal Mm. yeah i know my i I asked my parents about that and they were like oh yeah of course we watched it it was Mm -hmm. So everybody's talking about so my it. My parents it was, don't really, didn't really watch TV very much, but they, that Dallas was one of the ones that they followed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, for the listener who doesn't know, uh, Yellowstone is a, a TV show on Paramount. I do believe it's just finished its fifth season. I'm not entirely sure at this the moment of this recording. Um, but it was created by Taylor Sheridan, um, who was born in North Carolina. This is an interesting thing, I think. And he kind of started off playing an actor in Sons of Anarchy um, and then wrote Sicario, which is a, an excellent film. And then he kind of moved on and wrote the Western crime film Wind River, set in Wyoming. Uh, Wind River is actually where I'm from, the, that uh, reservation up there. And then um, he wrote the second, or the sequel rather, to Sicario. And then he created Yellowstone, and that's kind of when things just blew up. Um, since then, he's done 1883, 1923, um, Mayor of Kingstown, and Tulsa King. And one thing I really want to hone in on here um, about this and why this is important for essentially a look at the cowboy and popular culture and media is that all of his shows, besides Sicario, have extremely strong and quintessentially American, I believe, lead men. Um, for instance, in Wind River, um, the main character is Jeremy Renner. And then obviously we have Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, 1883 with um, Tim McGraw, and then 1923 with everybody's favorite Harrison Ford, which this is the first time, I do believe, if I'm not correct, Andy, um, if I'm correct, rather, this is the first time Harrison Ford's been in television since the like what 50s or 60s since the probably the early 70s um he was early 70s, he was okay. in the, the late 60s is when he got his start and in the late 60s he played in an, i know i've seen him in an episode of um the virginian and in the early 70s he was in, oh, okay. he was in a couple episodes of gunsmoke mm. see i think that's really interesting actually kind of about the impact of this show is that harrison ford who is you know for us han solo and then I mean, he went on to play so many roles. I mean, Indiana Jones, right? Um, so, he, you know, Harrison Ford's a big deal. And for, and for a show, a TV show, to bring Harrison Ford in as a lead man, I think that shows that um, it has a, a huge impact because Harrison Ford is a smart person. And he's also kind of at the end of his career. So he's trying to pick and choose shows that will, will kind of cement his legacy Right, such as like John Wayne and the Shootist, mm, yeah, you know something that cements his legacy. And he, I mean, he chose eighteen nineteen twenty three, and I think that's really important. Um, kind of looking at its impact on our culture. Um, so, anyways, um, that's kind of a, a quick overview. What we're going to talk about. I know I asked you guys to talk to the, you know, think if you can or bring a movie or a show or something that you think was quintessentially American. It kind of had an impact on our culture. And so we'll start with you, Andy. What, what did you come up with? I came up with the Lone Ranger and I'm a huge Lone Ranger fan. Um, and the Lone Ranger to me kind of personifies, especially when it came out in the thirties, um, the pure American hero. Um, he's about the, about the, the, the squeakiest clean white hat cowboy type character you can get. Um, whereas, you know, a lot, a lot of stories, we like stories where our main character kind of has a character arc where maybe he has to kind of grow and overcome some things. The Lone Ranger never really had to do that in every, in every episode, radio show, TV books, he always was kind of the same, but he was kind of meant to be a character that was the quintessential American. I mean, he, he stood for 
law and justice. Uh, he, he always stood up for the little guy. He always made sure that those who were being disenfranchised by those who were greedy or evil, uh, that, that justice was done. But he never took justice into his own hands. He would always go and once, once the bad guy was caught, turn him over to the authorities and just write off without even being thanked. I mean, pretty much every episode, a radio episode ends with, oh, I, I need to thank that guy. Where's he at? And he, oh, he's already left. He's saying hi Silver away and he's gone. Um, so I, I really feel that he was, that, that character was designed to be almost the archetype of everything that was good about the American way, the American dream of, of honesty, of decency, of standing up for right against my, all, all that sort of stuff. And it was hugely influential on an entire generation. And if you think about the generation that was growing up on this in the thirties, this generation grew up and started fighting in world war II. I mean, so the, the, the ideals that were, that were being really preached at, at young boys in the 1930s and into the 1940s in, in the Lone Ranger was really being set up. He was being set up as just this huge uh, role model. And would be for for many many years. So, um, I I feel that the Lone Ranger really sits up as as when you kind of mentioned, hey, let's let's talk about what do you think is a quintessential American hero. I mean, there's a lot of them, but I can think the one that kind of sits on top as the the purest form of that would be the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree with that. I think there's um, you know, I think every culture kind of has that masked hero. Um, I think, uh, well, Zorro comes to mind, right, for Mexico. Um, and I'm sure there's others in other countries. I'm not sort of read up on them. But I know Lone Ranger growing up, you know, um, was it, was I, I used to watch it all the time, the old black and white. And then, of course, the first movie came out and then the latest movie with Arnie Hammer and um, Johnny Depp in it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's definitely more or less a film about a, just a, a guy who's doing good to be good. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, I absolutely would agree with that, which we'll talk about in a bit is kind of, I think what Yellowstone, what appeals to the audiences the most is that, that fact, these are men who will do what it takes to do good and protect their family no matter what. Um, so what about you, Tristan? Did you come up with anything? So I'd say like, kind of same in the same vein, what I really would say was a, a, a big part of my childhood as for like a show. I mean, like I said, the, uh, reading Louis L'Amour was, was, was a, a big part of, it. but as for like shows, um, I would say tales of the Texas Rangers, um, was a, it was an NBC radio show actually only for a couple of years on the radio from like 1950, 1952. And then it was a TV show for like three years. Um, I don't know if either of you guys had ever listened to those, but I think I listened to all the episodes that they yeah, had, but yeah. it was, um, it, it was yeah. fictitious, but it was based off of a, a, a Texas Ranger, which was a real, you know, um, law enforcement, agency named Jace Pearson played by Joel McCree and actually one of the um, directors was Irving J. Moore which later went on to do Gunsmoke he directed a couple episodes of Tales of Texas Rangers I'm gonna okay. start there uh, but it was very similar to I mean a lot of people probably know Dragnet it was like the the procedural kind of police drama type thing but with a western flavor and it was, I thought it was really cool because um you know, the Texas Rangers are a lot more, they're kind of like, I guess, like RoboCop in the way they're, they're a little bit more judge and, you know, executioner in a way. They had a lot more 
freedom because Texas was such a large um, state. There wasn't wasn't a lot of um, time for them to bring in like reinforcements. So these guys were out on their own and they had to make decisions, you know, to um, deal with these criminals and in the way that was, you know, that they could stay alive and was safe, you know, for the, the uh, communities they were in. And also because Texas had a lot more strict um, laws, as in they were a lot more willing to give out capital punishment, put, put people, criminals to death. The criminals were a lot less willing to be captured. A lot of the real, real, uh, bad guys that had done a lot worse things. They were, they were willing to go out in a blaze of glory rather than be captured because there's a good chance they were going to be, you know, sent to the electric chair or firing squad or whatever. So made it for really, really exciting, you know, stories. Yeah. I definitely remember growing up listening to Dragnet and those old radio shows and absolutely, they were all, you know, just good men doing good things, which I think is a sort of a, a common reoccurrence yeah. in what we're going to talk about today. Well, as I said, is I, yeah. I think that the, the common theme, because the Western theme has to do with how big of America it was, because you have, you know, like old old England and stuff, and, or New England, and then, of course, England, Europe, they were a lot smaller communities, and there you just capture the guy and take him to jail. When you're, you know, 100 miles away from the nearest, you know, town you got to take things in your own hands so it kind of breeds a more independent self-reliant um people you know in law enforcement and and you know the 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 cowboys and ranchers farmers that you know that occupied these areas so i think it was a quintessential to the development of the the persona of the the country person the cowboy yeah absolutely and i think you know i grew up so my grandpa um would always watch the Western channel when I was growing up. So I grew up watching all the old movies. I mean, Gunsmoke, everything John Wayne, everything Clint Eastwood. Um, and so for me, there was no single show necessarily. I mean, I, I grew up kind of watching the Lone Ranger. Um, but just the Western channel in general was a big part of my childhood. Cause I always remember uh, growing up, we never had a TV in my house. Um, and so when we go to my grandpa's house, it's like, oh, we'd watch TV. Well, we'd watch the Western Channel. So anyways, I, I yeah, those are good examples. And I think a lot of the, the things that made those so popular is what makes Yellowstone and the whole Yellowstone world so popular. And that is this strong lead character who is an American through and through. And will do whatever it takes for the good of first his family and second the people, right? There's no like ambiguous. Uh, I forget the call. I think it's anti-hero, right? Um, which is very common in in modern cinema and media. Is this like brooding, dark he's the person who you're not really sure if he's good or bad, um, you know? But he's the hero for some reason, and I think. I remember growing, you know, when I went to film school and I know you, Andy, and Tristan, we've talked about this a lot of, you know, the old Westerns, Mm -hmm. the good guy wore a white hat and the bad guy wore a black hat. And that was on purpose, right? Because colors denote sort of who you are. So if you wore black, you were bad. If you were in white, you were good. It was very clear who was good and bad. Well, um, especially when it was white, you had to make it noticeable. <laughs> old exactly. Well, yeah, true. 
Um, you had to know, right? Because it's all black and white. Um, but I, th- I think Tombstone was kind of maybe Tombstone or, or um, oh, I'm forgetting the show with uh, Clint Eastwood, um, Unforgiven. But I think one of those might have been kind of the turning point. You know, great movies, Tombstone and Unforgiven. But I remember watching Tombstone and they were all dressed in black, right? The whole, you know, posse of Wyatt Earp when they went to the OK Corral. Um, and that was mid to early 90s, can't quite remember. But since then, I would, I, I think that, and you guys can probably back me up on this, but the Western genre has been pretty horrible, right? The cowboy has been um, stripped of his dignity in film well, and media in general. Yes, that's kind of why I, I even said when I first heard about Yellowstone, I'm like, oh, okay, here's, here's another show that's going to be, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come along and, and uh, it'll be, it'll be that, that same, that same type of thing with, with, with this kind of this yeah, anti-hero type of kind of a, a, a darker, more grim West as before, you know, you had more of, I guess, an optimistic type of, of view of the West. And I mean, there, there had been a few um, here and there in the midst of that, that I think had, that, that, that shine out, at least in my eyes. Um, um, I think I've mentioned earlier in our, in our podcast series here, I'm a big fan of the Kevin Costner film, Open Range. Um, it's a very traditional type of Western where he, uh, he's the, the good guy standing against the, the, the greedy, the greedy man. Um, another would be the new true grit was very, very in the classic style of Westerns. But besides those few examples, there's not a whole lot, um, since the early nineties to present that have really had that type of character as part of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, we're not going to get into it a whole lot, but uh, Brokeback Mountain was kind of the lowest point, in my opinion, um, where they portrayed cowboys who were actually sheep herders. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody knows what that movie's about, right? <laughs> well, it was, it, was a, it was a direct attack on the masculinity of, of cowboys. There's, there's, exactly. There's the whole th- very in-depth papers written about there was a very what's the word they were it was intentional in what they were doing of, of going after let's let's go after a very traditionally masculine and what if we made it more you know touchy-feely you know sensitive and you know the lgbt bent of things and they thought you know of course the the critics loved it for that but yeah they were yeah but nobody else did which is interesting right mm-hmm. um I mean, and, and, and this is what we're coming back to, right? Is that I remember when Yellowstone first came out, I was reading some kind of reviews of it and people were like, oh, this is horrible. I mean, it's it's Kevin Costner. He's overbearing. He's, you know, macho man. And, you know, he owns all this land and blah, 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 blah. And it's horrible. But you know who loved it? The people, right? And I've listened to several podcasts. Who, who, you know, they try to break it down. And they're like, we don't understand it. Why is this so popular? Well, it's it's easy because American people want to watch something that reminds them of who they want to be, right? We want to be strong. We want to be masculine and we want to protect our families and what is ours. And at least I do. I mean, I'm not going to put that on the, the listener, but me personally, that's, that's really important to me, you know, and I, I know it's important to you guys as well. And I think that's why this Yellowstone craze is so, so big and, um, you know, being in the military and moving to the South, I'm in South, you know, the South 
of America um, and uh, not South America, South of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Clear that one up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've met several people from big cities like New York, Chicago, um, L.A., and these these guys grew up in the cities and then they'll we'll start talking about Yellowstone and like I you know I just so I want that life. I want to move out west. I want that freedom. It it appeals to me. And it really made me think like this this show is really kind of making this this huge impact for better or for worse on the west. And I know um you know, I was looking at buying some land in Idaho I don't know, was it last year? And the prices are crazy, which we could we could attribute to the economy. But digging deeper, and this is just my own hypothesis, is that that show really was kind of the turning point for a lot of people. They just they were like, oh, you know what? Why not? Why not try this? Um, why not go out west? And um, I know you guys are probably dealing with that too. You know, the crazy oh, prices yeah. for land out west. Oh, I mean, yeah. growing up, nobody wanted to live in Idaho. It was in the middle of nowhere. I would say I'm from Idaho, and they're like, "Oh, that's the corn, corn state, right? That's where you guys grow." And it's like, "No, that's that's Iowa, or Ohio, or whatever. I'm the potato place, right?" I saw people have to convince that Idaho exists. Like, "Oh, you mean Iowa?" I'm like, "No, Idaho. <laughs> no, no, you must mean Iowa." I'm like, "You never heard of Idaho? No, there's no Idaho. You mean Iowa?" Like, oh, my word. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Bo- you know, our capital, Boise, is on the map. And anybody I talk to, like, "Oh yeah, Boise. I know where that's at." And it's crazy to me, and I, I I personally attribute that to this kind of rise again of the cowboy, which I will say probably is due to Taylor Sheridan, um, the the you know creator of Yellowstone, which I think just looking at his bio, if you will, you know he's born in North Carolina, raised in Texas, but a lot of his movies, you know, his first few were about the southern border, and then he switched to Wyoming. And um, Wyoming and Montana, obviously Yellowstone, the show is set in Montana. And that's kind of where his career took off. Um, He still talks a little bit about, uh, I think, uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa King, obviously Tulsa, Oklahoma. But it's really interesting to me that this show, and I I showed for the listener before we started this podcast, we all watched a clip from, I think it was the first episode, no spoilers here, but it was a really interesting clip of Kevin Costner doing something that is extremely, in our modern culture, inappropriate, I would say. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but like the way that was portrayed was... Well, I do have an issue um, with something he did in that, but that's from a person who owns guns and his discharge of a weapon straight into the air his that, use of a firearm yeah, yeah, I, just watched <laughs> I mean it's his again. land though technically right he can do what he wants on his own well, land he can, that's what, but that's what goes up must come down as a responsible gun owner you don't shoot bullets straight up in the air that's that that bothered <laughs> me. but i understand i, I can True. agree with the sentiments <laughs> exactly i mean you know there's some some issues there but generally speaking <laughs> I, I had a really really f- funny issue with that this is gonna be this is stupid but uh in that you know, he chases all these people off his land and they're over his fence. They didn't go through a gate. They went through a fence, and it's a straight wire fence. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, exactly. I'm like, they're just running through there because I'm like, yeah, no self-respecting rancher has a straight wire fence. They're not running electricity through that much. It's no. barbed wire. It's all barbed it's wire. Barbed so that wire. was but obviously you got to do that so they can get through it quickly, or they spend you know five minutes just trying to get out through the fence. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. that was the one thing I noticed. Right. Like, that's a straight wire fence. Uh, but that's well, just, yeah. Plus, anyone knows. Me. 
a barbed wire fence, the costume department would not have been happy. Uh, you guys are killing me. Anyway. <laughs> but no, I agree. I was, I was all on board with Kevin Costner and his sentiment of chasing the people off these, you know, these foreigners and, and, and people, you know, probably like city slickers type that were, didn't understand the danger they were in with a bear and, you know, other stuff going on. Yeah. Well, no respect for I the mean, so, land and boundaries. You know, I worked at Teton National Park for a summer when I was in grad school and it, it is crazy the amount of people who come out there who have no awareness of nature. You know, I mean, when I was there, I can't even remember the numbers, three or four people were mauled by bison because they wanted to take a picture and they go up and like grab their horns. You're like, I mean, come on now. <laughs> wow. Right. Like wow. that. that what? I mean, we're, we're not Australia, but we still have a lot of animals that can mess you <laughs> <Right>. up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, what do we have? We have, we have moose, we have you know grizzly bears oh, and bison. Dude. I mean, these are yeah. Ma- like elk. people think like they look at moose and like, oh, it's just like a big deer. No, I've heard stories of friends of ours that were in like a snowmobile race, and a moose went after one of the snowmobilers, lifted the snowmobile up in his horns, and just threw it. And the guy made it yeah, up a tree and got away from extremely the extremely dangerous. Yeah, they are massive, muscular things. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and I think. You know, Yellowstone, you guys haven't seen the episodes, but there's there's episodes that's, that kind of touch on that. You know, the the crazy animals live out there, how dangerous they are. And these tourists who come out and just sort of, they don't, I don't think they necessarily mean to, but they do disrespect nature in a sense of, hey, there's a grizzly bear. I want to get close to this grizzly bear for my Instagram post. And, oh, this grizzly bear is charging me. Why would it do that? I don't know. You're on its land. My teddy right? bear never <laughs> did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I you know, teddy this is Roosevelt nature we're talking about. For making people unaware of the danger of teddy bears. Uh, true. <laughs> they modeled the teddy bear after him and, yeah, or named it rather yeah. after him. But, you know, bringing it back to kind of the cowboys, um, I know you, Andy, you said you did some research, you know, watching some some interviews and whatnot of these these characters of well these actors rather of Har- you know Harrison Ford and Kevin Costner kind of what what did you glean from those um oh, really, those I, interviews you watched one thing I really gleaned and it was with uh, some interviews with Harrison Ford was he really talked about how authentic um making these shows really is he said you know we're out there in Montana shooting this out there in the wind and the rain, everything else. And we've got a herd of cattle out there and it's, it's the real deal. I mean, they've got real cowboys there that are obviously handling the herds and stuff like that. But he's like, you know, we're, we're out there in the elements in Montana shooting this. So it, it has a, a very much an authenticity uh, to it. And I think that always speaks largely for any sort of show that's set in a region is that it can, it can be, have that, that authenticity that it's, you know, this is not some back lot in Hollywood somewhere. This is actually there in Montana in the, the, I mean, with the, with the real backgrounds, with, with real herds of cattle and real ranches. Um, so that was one thing that kind of stood out to me in those interviews with him. Um, but you know, just really in the end, I think it's just, if you look at the, the, the selection of a lot of these actors in these shows, they, they have not only just the, this leading man gravitas, but they do have a history in, uh, Westerns. I mean, Harrison Ford, like we just talked about earlier, a ways back, we're talking the, the early sixties or the late sixties, early seventies. He did another small Western called the, the Frisco kid in the late seventies. 
Um, and then he didn't touch another Western until, if you want to call it a Western, Cowboys and Aliens, which is more of a sci-fi Western. But um, <laughs> it's it's fact. I've I've been to Area Fifty One. <laughs> so Cowboys I mean, but he, he he still has that 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 same kind of that kind of no takes no guff um, quintessential kind of American leading man. Kevin Costner, um, you know, one of his earliest films is Silverado. Um, great film, great kind of classic kind of Western film. Um, and then obviously he goes on to great fame and acclaim, wins tons of awards for Dances with Wolves, which he stars in and directs. Um, he also was in the Hatfields and McCoys uh, miniseries. He was in Open Range. So he has a long history as well as playing these type of, of characters. Um, and then another, another character actor that shows up in 1883 is Sam Elliott, who has been in Westerns for forever. He was first showing up in Gunsmoke. He was in a lot of the Lou the Moore adaptations. He was in the Sackets, um, the Shadow Riders, Conagher. Um, he was, he's, he's kind of has that, that quintessential kind of Marlboro man type of, of persona to him. So I think that the casting of this show really shows that they're paying attention to the type of, of actors that appeal to this genre. Uh, that are that are strong, that are sure of themselves, that that are um, that that don't don't take things lying down, and but also looking at just at their own acting history and saying this is the type of um, uh, characters they've kind of built up over the years, and they're they're very crafted at um, portraying these type of characters, um, and so that that I think really speaks to to just the star power that's here that it lends to its to its credibility. Um, and, and kind of allows it to, to, uh, be in that, in that hall of, of, of fame, really of something that is, you know, not just your run of the mill TV show, but something that has a lot of, just a lot of, uh, foundation underneath of it. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I mean, I, it still astounds me when I heard 18, well, 1923 was coming out with. Harrison Ford, I was like, no way. I mean, they landed Harrison Ford. I mean, that's that's Han Solo. That's Indiana Jones. That's a big deal, right? <laughs> I mean, not to discount Kevin Costner. He's a great actor. But um, what really kind of, I guess, solidified for me the importance of these shows to our culture is when Harrison Ford was like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, that's a big deal, I think. All right, well, we've talked a little bit about Yellowstone. There's a lot more that could be said, but I think, um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that talk about this. We just kind of want to touch on it just a bit about the, you know, the like we've been saying, the quintessential American hero in these modern shows, and I really respect that a lot, and I, I think it's good. I think that's really important for the cowboy genre of media in general. Um, but I really, you know, next episode, we're actually going to break down and talk about possibly the first major cowboy hero or icon. And you may or may not think he was a cowboy, but we're talking about George Armstrong Custer, um, you know, Civil War veteran. And, of course, his famous, um, his name to fame, if you will, was the Battle of Little Bighorn in Montana. Um, until then, Tristan, why don't, you, why don't you talk a little bit about 
what you, the listener, can do to support this podcast. Yeah, definitely. You guys can go over to our website at thecowboypodcast.com. Got some updates there for um, show notes and some uh, ways that you can help support us. Like the buymeacoffee.com forward slash cowboy podcast where you can go and buy us a coffee or two or three. I mean, there's three of us. We all like coffee. And then you can also um, like rate and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And most importantly, if you'd share the podcast with friends, family, and your fellow Spanish vaqueros while you're out there rounding up cattle on the uh, Mexican um, plains, that would be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Until next episode, thank you for listening, as always, and we will catch you down the trail.